The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number, Brandon? 206. Who cares? Uh, with me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation, uh, who you just heard. I am Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. We are just coming off of the Eagles' 13th practice of training camp, which, of course, was the first of two joint practices with the New England Patriots, who they will face in their second preseason game on Thursday. So uh, after you know, this time of, uh, of of the summer, you know, you start getting into double-digit practices at training camp, starts to get a little monotonous, but a little more juice today with uh, with another team in the house. So, uh, Brandon, how are you doing, buddy? Jimmy, doing well. A lot of notes to get to when there are these practice environments. There's so much to see, probably, you know, too much little for too, one little, person. A little overstimulation. Yeah, there's there's just like at times there's drills going on on three different fields. If we're talking about, you know, like seven on seven with the Patriots offense going against the Eagles defense and then, you know, Eagles offense, Patriots defense, and then, you know, the trenches going on. So there's a lot of different things, but we'll get to as much as we can here. And before we dive in fully to all of our Eagles Patriots observations to me, I'll tell you really quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can go to get for yourself by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy, where should we start today? Uh, let's start with uh, Jalen Hurts, who uh, I thought had a good day. He uh, got picked off uh, early in practice in seven on sevens. Um, doesn't matter as much what happens in seven on sevens as what happens in 11 on 11s. And I thought he was crisp in 11 on 11s. He uh, made a number of nice throws in the middle of the field to the tight ends. Made some nice throws on the run, which we've seen him already do. Uh, that I thought that was a strong point of his game in the regular season games he played last year. And uh, just generally speaking, I thought he outperformed uh, both of the Patriots quarterbacks, especially Cam Newton, who I thought just did not look good at all uh, in this practice. And Mac Jones, who uh, was sort of up and down. That's rookie Mac Jones, of course. Jalen Hurts' former teammate at Bama. So yeah, a strong day for, for Hertz, uh, in my opinion, and one of his better practices of the summer. Um, would you say that was his best practice of the summer? 
I don't know. Cause I still, I still found faults here too, obviously because I'm a hater and not because, <laughs> uh, it actually happened. Uh, I, I said more good than bad is how uh-huh. I phrased it. But some of the negatives I wrote down here, you touched on some of the positives, I think. Well, um, I really liked when he hit Dallas Goddard in Ertz. You mentioned the tight ends specifically because, uh, well, I think he kind of struggles, you know, with repetitive accuracy. When Jalen Hurts does put the ball accurately on his targets, he's doing it in stride. And they're in positions where they can get yards yeah. after the catch. Like we saw in the preseason good. game to Goddard where he made the catch and got like you know another 10, 15 yards after the catch. And coming off of the Carson Wentz era where he didn't really do that as a strength, like it's refreshing and definitely noticeable to see by contrast. Also thought he had a real nice anticipation throw to Quez Watkins that was right on uh, Quez right after his break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff there. Had some good deep throws too. Hit Jalen Rager for a deep throw at one point. Yep. We'll get to Rager later, I'm sure, in these notes. But, uh, yeah, so that was the good. Some of the bad, I thought. Uh, had a pick on a contested catch opportunity for JJ. I guess JJ could have done a little bit better there. But uh, still, there was a pick there. He had a 2-7 and seven on 7-1, seven, of which it was his fault in the sense that he threw it too high and it went off Goddard's hands and was then picked, by, I believe, by Matt Judon. Another one that was short to Kenny Gainwell. And maybe been a, a little bit behind Kenny Gainwell, but should have still been caught, I think, regardless. Um, so it's weird, like... You know, not as great in one-on-one and seven-on-seven, but I think he was at his best in 11-on-11. Right. One thing that bothered me, though, is that he had Quez Watkins for a deep touchdown. I don't know if you remember seeing this, but, like, he just didn't pull the trigger. Like, he had him, he saw him, and he hesitated, and he had to take a sack instead of hitting him. So I I didn't like to see that. Usually he's not hesitant about letting it rip, but for whatever reason, like, he was on that play. And it, it didn't seem to me like it was one of those plays where we see someone open and it's like the quarterback isn't even looking at him. And it's like, well, how did come the quarterback didn't throw the ball? You know, obviously they have different reads and regressions and they're looking at different things. But based on what I saw, like his head was facing Watkins' way and it looked like he was about to throw it, but then he like he just didn't. So I didn't love that. He got a lot of praise from the uh, Patriots writers, it seemed, uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like I, I thought it was one of his better practices for sure of the uh, of the summer. Uh, but you know, there's always things that, that, you know, you and I can nitpick, but, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with your assessment on uh more good than bad. Uh, by the way, I mean, while we're talking about, because you mentioned Cam and Mac Jones there, um, and while the Patriots writers are talking up hurts, like, I think in part because Cam, <laughs> if, if Cam Newton and Mac Jones have been anything like they were today for most of camp, I mean, there's not very good quarterbacks yeah, yeah. in my opinion, um, uh, and so I'll use this. Point I think here. that the, yeah, right. And I think when they when they tweet stuff like that, it's not that. I mean, they're not looking at Jalen Hurts and uh, Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins with the same sort of um, uh, diagnostic eye that you know, like you and I, you and I, and the rest of the Eagles beat writers are. They're looking more at like what Cam and and Mac Jones are doing, mm-hmm. and they just kind of see the highlights from like Jalen Hurts, and he had a bunch of them today, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of compare that to the bad quarterback play that they've probably seen throughout camp. And obviously, um, you know, those guys are not going to look anything at all like the way they probably saw Tom Brady look for, you know, Mm -hmm. almost two decades. So, um, yeah, uh, were you going to comment on Cam and Mac Jones? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll dump the hill into the defense here. I thought the defense, you know, had a yeah. really good practice. They mm-hmm. didn't really allow the Patriots offense to do all that much, especially like not at will. Um, one of the highlights or the highlight for the defense to me was when the Patriots were in a crunch time situation kind of drill, you know, only what, like whatever, less than a minute to go or whatever on the clock and they get into the red zone and Jav- Javon Hargrave, like, pressures cam newton they up got the middle immediate gets, pressure just gets right into his face for 
it was a, it was a sack, but if it wasn't, uh, Cam was forced to throw it, and it went right to Eric Wilson for a pick, and I think that pick, you know. I think it was uh, Anthony Harris that got the pick. It was Eric Wilson. It was Eric 100%. Wilson? Uh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Okay, well, if Whoops. you're right, then my practice notes are wrong. <laughs> I yeah, it was Anthony really Harris. embarrassing yeah. by you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was 50. But, in either, you know, any way you slice it, it was a really good play by the defense. And uh, I think the Eagles defense deserves credit because I think they played well. And Fletcher Cox, I saw, had a sack at one point. The defensive line as a whole, as you noted on Twitter, seemed to be doing really well. But I also think there is some of it that, like, Cam – who had more interceptions than passing touchdowns last year. And just through some really, I know this isn't a Patriots podcast to me, but like, I, I just can't get over like how just like the Patriots are going with Cam as their quarterback. Um, he had some like terrible hospital balls. I thought that I commented to you during practice where Marcus Epps was like in position to like light that receiver, like the F up uh, on multiple occasions. And, uh, and then Mac Jones, I thought actually looked good in uh, like seven on seven and stuff and earlier in practice. Mm-hmm. But then when they got to 11 on 11, I mean, he had two like arm punt picks that were dropped actually by Andrew Adams. So not a good job by Andrew Adams there. Could given two gifts and couldn't capitalize. But, uh, but yeah, not, not super impressed with the Patriots offense. I think it was kind of a mix of the Eagles defense being good and the Patriots offense just not really being amazing. And the last thing I'll say in the Patriots offense is it seemed like they ran the ball a lot more than the Eagles did. I don't know if you noticed that as well. They did run the ball a lot, and I just changed my notes to reflect that Eric Wilson made the pick after mm-hmm. confirming on Twitter that it was him and not Anthony Harris. <laughs> so uh, that's done. Uh, but yeah, they did run the ball a lot. Um, I thought the Eagles, yeah, I really kind of feel like the Eagles haven't run the ball much throughout camp, which makes sense because that's not what they need to work on. They need to work on their passing offense. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the defensive line and Hargra- Hargrave specifically has just been awesome all summer. You call them Hargraves? Did I did I say Hargraves? I don't know. I heard it, but maybe you didn't. Maybe I didn't. I didn't mean to if I did. Uh but I think he's had a he's had a great like like one of the best performances of anyone on the team uh throughout yep. the summer. Like he's been disruptive all throughout camp. He was disruptive in the game against the Steelers and he was mm-hmm. really disruptive today. Like it wasn't just that play uh at the end of practice when, when the Patriots were in a hurry up. Like he was in the back. He lived uh in the backfield today. So um, I think their defensive line really has a chance to be really good because Fletcher Cox for, you know, all, you know, for all that we've, I've said more specifically about, you know, making sense, you know, trading him to getting him for, you know, and to get something back in return, get him off your books. Uh, and before he, you know, he's in decline in a, you know, very likely non Super Bowl competing season, he's still really good. And like him and Hargrave next to each other at the two defensive tackle spots, like they're going to be like that they're going to be a force on the interior there. And then I think the, the combination, the foursome of Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, Derek Barnett, and Josh sweat has a chance to be really good this season too. So yeah, I I really like what I'm seeing out of that group and Hey, like that's a start. Like that's a legit start for, you know, to, to, to put some wins uh, in the win column. Um, If, if they can, you know, play up to their potential. So uh, if there were, you know, one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on for this Eagles 2021 season, it's uh, that that defensive line uh, really does look like they should look or what, or what you know, they, they could potentially look like all throughout this summer. And then the last thing I'll say on the defense or defense related before we get into your next thing, Jimmy, is that old friend Nelson Aguilar, I thought, did not have a very good day when so? going... 
hold on, okay. when going up against the Eagles starting defense. Oh, he absolutely okay. roasted the Eagles backups. Like anytime <laughs> okay. Nelson Aguilar made a play today, I was like, oh, okay, Michael Duquette, Andrew Adams, <laughs> Zach fair, McPherson. Yeah. yeah, it was a backup every single time. He had one good catch against the Eagles starters to kind of set up the goal to go uh, in that crunch time drill. But like that was it in terms of the starters. Uh, and even then, I think that was kind of on Marcus Epps, who is not a full-time starter. So not trying he to be Nelson Aguilar. He had a ton of catches though today. I didn't, but it gets backups. I yeah, I didn't take note of about on who they were against. Because again, I'm not looking. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Nelson Aguilar, but I just happened to ca- notice like 13 catch, 13 catch, 13 catch, 13 catch. Yep. Uh, so he was very active today, at least. Oh, he roasted the backups again. Like <laughs> clearly, he dominated the backups. But against the starters, he wasn't as effective. And I and I specifically saw Darius Slay beat him in one on one when they went up against each other. Um, so Slay did a nice pass break up against him. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is your next thing? I'll stay, on, I'll stay on the defense again. So, like, I thought the linebackers were really good in coverage. Um, I mean, they just kept getting into passing lanes like all day. Yeah. They just kept hap- happening to be in like the same, in like the right spot all day. Alex Singleton had a couple of pass breakups. Eric Wilson had a pass breakup. In addition to the uh, interception that I just learned that he had instead of Anthony Harris, um, uh, uh, Sean Bradley made a couple nice plays mm. uh, in the passing game. He was actually uh, running with the ones today, which was kind of uh, kind of interesting. Uh, mm. But yeah, th- those three guys I thought looked really good in uh, in pass defense uh, today, and and uh, you know if 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 they can you know sort of continue that, and you have that defensive line playing well, and you have these guys on the back end, uh, Slay and, and Nelson, that, that look like a competent uh, you know duo, like they might actually have something defensively overall. Uh, yeah, I think the, you know, you're talking about the strength of the defensive line there. And I think the secondary held up as well. I like they, the, no one in the starting secondary was getting cooked today, at least by my eye. And again, I think there's some bad quarterback back play, uh, involved in that, but still, uh, definitely different than how it looked once upon a time when Tom Brady came to Eagles training camp. <laughs> you know what Cam Newton kind of looks like to me, by the way? Who? Like, remember, I mean, not, it doesn't, like, doesn't look like, you know, his style of play or anything like that, but, Remember enjoying practices where we got to see like sort of a cooked uh, Jay Cutler. Hmm. He, Cam looks kind of he just kind of looked kind of cooked to me today. Yeah, and he kind of looked a little cooked last year, I guess. But to see yeah. it in person, you're just kind of like, wow, this is like because like I've always been like a Cam guy. Like I I like love the way that he played, um, but it's almost kind of like. Sad to kind of see like a player who is that good, and you know, as I think Jalen Hurts put it like, you know, he's he's like a legendary player, both in what he did yeah. uh, in college, he won a national championship there, uh, and and what he's done in the NFL. Uh, I think I believe he was MVP of the season that uh, that they went to the Super Bowl in, in Carolina. Um, so yeah, I mean, like he's been a great player, a very talented player for a long time, and he just doesn't look like he has it anymore. Um, I'm going to flip back over to the offense and I'm going to start the Jalen Rager discussion to me. I saw in your practice notes, you thought this was his best practice. Uh, I described it as one of his better practices of the summer because while he did have good moments, to be clear, he burned JC Jackson for deep catches, both in one-on-one and then 11 on 11. But like both of those catches were bobbled, Jimmy. Like he bobbled both. Like you yeah, can't do that. Like fair. you can't that's be bobbled. Like you, but you can't do that. Like if the if the defense is tighter, and I couldn't tell fully how the second one played out from where I was, but like that could be the difference from a touchdown and like a thirty yard gain. 
because like the way he bobbled the second one to me, it kind of looked like it slowed him up. And I think the defense kind of just gave up at that point, or he might have been out of bounds. I couldn't tell fully again because of the angle. But like you can't be like he's making these big plays, which is great. But then he bobbled them, and then at that crunch time sequence that we talked about for the Eagles uh, was the last play that the Eagles had, I believe, uh, for their for the first team unit. I mean, he was out of bounds on the play. Like it would have been. It looked. I thought it looked like I thought he was about to make a big play because he caught the ball in the front right corner of the end zone, but the refs ruled him out. J.C. Jackson had how many interceptions in 2020? Uh, I don't know. Six? Nine. Okay. And he had five the year before. He's actually a pretty good yeah. player. Uh, but, I, yeah, so as you noted, uh, he beat him. Quez Watkins beat him, too, uh, mm. uh, I believe, deep down the field. But, yeah, getting back to Rager. Uh, Rager, like, I thought he, like, really played well uh, in those one-on-ones. Um, mm. As you noted, like, he did double catch a couple of those. And, you know, when – the field gets restricted, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, when there's uh, 11 defenders on the field as opposed to one. Yeah. Uh, and, and even like when you get in tight uh, to the red zone, uh, you lose even more space to, to work with. So if you're double catching passes, then uh, more of a chance that, you know, defenders are going to knock that out and something even a lot worse can happen with interception, et cetera, whatever. So you want to see him make cleaner catches. But uh, I do think that uh, he ran pretty good routes today. And um, uh, like I thought the separation that we've sort of expected to see from him, but haven't seen sure. much of uh, throughout camp. I believe that was there, which uh, again, like catch it cleanly, but, the, but at the same time, um, you know, good to see that he is starting to, you know, kind of use his uh, God given, um, you know, ex- explosiveness and athleticism uh, for some good. Uh, last thing I'll say on him is that I think he's looked significantly better in like one on one and maybe even seven on seven than he has eleven on eleven. Mm-hmm. Which like I don't know what to make of that fully because eleven on eleven matters most. I still think he goes the invisible the most there. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing that he's doing. You know, highlight things in one on one, and he did have that big play in eleven on eleven today, so that's good to see. But uh, yeah, still, still coming along. I'd say maybe progressing, but uh. You know, still not perfect by any means. You know means. what? Like, if he's a guy that has, like, you know, like one game, he's got two catches for 18 yards. And then the next game, he's got three catches for 40 yards. Like and then Deshaun. the next game, he's got, like, seven catches for 170. Like, I think you can, you know, live with a, with a player like that who's going to give you the occasional, like, you know, huge play or big game. And, you know, I think that's something that, you know, maybe he can be if you're looking at him optimistically. Uh, but I think you know, I don't, that might be a little bit of wishful thinking. I think that's like the Deshaun template where you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yes. what I see basically from uh, Rager more so is like Aguilar right now, which is frustrating. Um, He's not going to be a high volume guy, I think, is uh, no is, is sort of half the point that I'm making there. Speaking on receiver, real quick, I should note because we didn't touch at this at the top that Devontae Smith, which is kind of a big yes. deal, made even <laughs> right. further so progress. We should have led with this, really. Yeah, made further progress on Monday by being upgraded from day-to-day, which he had just been upgraded to after being week-to-week, to Mm -hmm. limited in practice and didn't actually participate in team drills but was doing running on the side field along with John Hightower. Um, And, uh, yeah, so that's good. Seems like he'll be back full go by next week at the latest, right? Do you think there's any outside chance of him playing, like, a series on Thursday? I I can't imagine they play him before. Like, if he practices tomorrow – then maybe, yeah, but if he's so, not going to practice tomorrow. I don't think they'll put him in a situation where like he'll be playing in like 11-on-11s, but do you, if you want to get him some one-on-one one reps, yeah, I think that maybe feels tomorrow. relatively safe. 
Right. I agree. Yeah. He's a young kid. He's got a, uh, you know, they heal his whole life in front of him. They heal faster than old guys like me. Uh, Jimmy, let's take a break here before we get into your next observation. So before we do that, I'll tell you really quickly again about just so quickly, so quickly, I will tell you about, and I won't draw it out at all about righteous felon craft jerky, which you can go get for yourself by going to righteous felon.com. Just check it out. It's free to go to the website and check it out and see what they have. And then from there, you use the discount code. It gets you 15% off. You're getting really good meat treats, the highest quality craft jerky you can get. So just give it a try. Why not? And then after you do that, you can make a phone call to Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. That's right. 856-906-9295 if you're looking to buy or sell your house, which you should just do. Just sell your house, coward. 856-906-9295. Right. You can, uh, if you're in in a renting thing too, she can help (laughs) you out, right? Yeah. There you go. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio. And Jimmy, what is your next observation? All right. So uh, you and I have been uh, critical of Miles Sanders' uh, oh, yeah. receiving skills uh, throughout camp. And we actually got a pretty like in-depth um, sort of observation, I guess we'll call it, from uh, Nick Sirianni and mm. the kinds of passes that he was struggling on. He said it was mainly on angle routes uh, that mm. he was struggling catching the ball and like turning his head and kind of seeing the ball like coming in. Uh, from that angle on like an angle route, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I buy all that. <laughs> I think he's missed. Uh, I think he's missed catches on a variety of routes, and he missed one today again on mm. a pretty easy, you know, pretty, pretty easy toss to the flat. Nobody anywhere near him. Just dropped it. Um, so I think that's that has remained a, a concern throughout camp, and really hasn't uh, gotten much better. Again, as we always do, we note that he's working hard at it on the jugs machine constantly getting passes from Jamal Singleton, his, his positional coach. So it's not as if like he's not doing anything about it. Uh, he does seem to be working hard at it. Just hasn't happened for him yet. I will say this about Miles Sanders though. Like he looks very good as a runner. Like I think, sure. I think we've kind of, he's kind of gotten to the, to the point uh, as a player where we ignore that kind of thing because we already seen him do it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he had three runs of over 70 yards last year, so we know he can run. But I think he's looked pretty explosive so far. And uh, while I don't think the offensive line did a great job of uh, of run blocking today, they did have one rep where there's just a monster hole 
uh, on the right side of the line. Of course, that's where Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks reside. And uh, just a huge lane, and he exploded through that, uh, you know, got into the second and third level. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a, I think that the Eagles sort of understand that even with the receiving struggles that he's having, there's still a major gap between Miles Sanders and whoever you want to call the number two back. And I think that's partly why they held him out of the first preseason game. Yep. Like there's no point in playing him in the first preseason game. There might not be any point in playing him at all. Like, like the Eagles used to do with Brian Westbrook back in the day. And, you know, Sanders has had like some, he's been nicked up uh, throughout the first two years of his career. So I think that's sort of the right path. I, he may play in the second preseason game, like a series or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I don't even know if that's such a great idea, but uh, I, I think they, they took the right approach in holding him out of that first preseason game because he, he is going to matter a lot uh, just as a runner because um, I mean, they're going to have to rely on that run game because I mean, let's face it. Like while we have seen some nice things out of Jalen hurts and uh, like we mentioned already with Jalen Rager today, we've seen Quez Watkins take a step forward. We think that maybe Travis Fulgham can, you know, I don't know, show something again like he did last year, or there is some level of promise there in the passing game. Like, let's be real. Like, their run games are going to have to carry them offensively, and uh, they can't worry. They can't, like, get him hurt, and he's going to be a huge uh, part of the offense, uh, even if he isn't the perfect player right now. I have Miles Sanders down for four, at least four drops in camp. And... Oh, he's got more than that, dude. Well, I said at least. Yeah, yeah. So at least uh, four. Yeah, yeah that's – that's you know for sure he does like that's a definitely a true statement <laughs> but to put that number into context like i think he led the nfl in drops last year if i'm not mistaken with eight like at least he, he led all receivers yeah, yeah okay. with eight i believe it was so like so, so i've had some people be like is four a lot like is that even a lot i'm like yeah, yeah. like it's not that's not insignificant and but I, I don't I think it, but i think it's even more than that well also i think you have to look at like cat's percentage like if you're mm-hmm. looking at his catch percentage, it's not like he's making like 50 catches and then he's like dropping one or two. It's like he's not really making the most out of his catch opportunities, I feel like. So obviously we don't have that charted, but um, just based on what we've seen. So that's concerning to me. I just – again, I'm not like out on Miles Sanders in that like everything you said I agree with in terms of him being a dynamic runner and he's still going to be great in that way and we almost take that for granted. But like – you know, this off season to me and are going into the season was about like, can he bounce back to Ricky form in the passing game? And he might, that might change when the regular season begins, but what, based on what I've seen, I am not feeling like, like that's a lock to happen. Like I, I have concern about that still. So uh, I'm bummed that that's the case because I thought it would be different, but it's just not right now. During the off season, um, I, uh, I chart every drop. Like I, I'll watch every incompletion on the season from the, from the previous season. And uh, I'm just, I just pulled that up real quick here. And for Sanders, I had him down for seven drops. Obviously it's a subjective stat. Um, I had him down for seven drops, 28 catches, which means he had a drop (laughs) percentage of catchable passes of 20%, which is hard, obviously, (laughs) you know? So the uh, closest player to him in terms of uh, drops was Zach Ertz who had five. And then after him, John Hightower with three. So like to have seven, like you can't really, you can't lead the team in drops if you're a running back because most of the, most of the, the, you know, the targets that you're getting are pretty close to the line of scrimmage yeah. typically. So uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty dreadful year as a receiver last year. Uh, my next thing, um, I guess I don't have a big theme as I have some random notes 
so I'm cheating. But uh, Stephen Nelson had a good pass breakup. I saw at one point Quez Watkins had a, in addition to uh, burning, uh, whoever it was, I didn't see. Mind you, context here for listeners, the Patriots players don't have their last names on the back of their jerseys, <laughs> right. so it makes it a little bit harder sometimes. Uh, and it, there was a lot of action, so I didn't see who he beat. But then I did see him beat the aforementioned J.C. Jackson at mm-hmm. one point during one-on-one, and then he jawed at him a little bit too, which I'd like to see, a little fire from Quez. And Quez was also kind of uh, like not really up in his grill, but like he was jawing a little bit at Matt Judon too at one point after the Patriots got called for offside. So uh, that's kind of funny to me too, because like Quez is a younger guy. He's also like he's also like a smaller guy. I mean, like he's not like a huge wide receiver. Like he's a little he's not the biggest like bodied person on the team. So I kind of like that. I like to see that little the fire out of Quez, some juice. Um, so those were some good things. Derek Barnett absolutely lit oh, up. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Patriots tight end Matt Lacoste uh on a play where interestingly he dropped back into coverage you saw that yeah i mean he got he he lit him up and it wasn't it wasn't even like a dirty hit like you he, like he didn't put his full like he didn't try to hit him as hard as he could but he did hit him and lacoste like he was down for a while on the field and uh when he came off the field like he did not look good by the way that's the guy who when the eagles played them in was it 2019 uh, at home who? The Patriots, Lacoste? yeah, Lacoste, he like Malcolm Jenkins forced a fumble on him, hmm. and it was like clearly a fumble, and they said it wasn't a fumble. Uh, uh. They, it was a, it was a blown whistle, and uh, the the Patriots got to keep the ball. Anyway, that's my uh, Matt Lacoste uh, recall. But yeah, he uh, he he did not look good coming off the field. So was, I don't know, I don't know if I want uh, Derek Barnett <laughs> dropping into coverage all that much. But, well, uh, <laughs> maybe you do now. But like after the hit, it was like. It was like, was that was that, was that Derek Barnett that hit him? Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't like it wasn't like a play where like he was rushing the passer, didn't get any, didn't get a passer. Like it was like ten, fifteen yards down the field, and he just cracked him uh, as he was catching the ball. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting uh, if if the Eagles. I mean, they're they're going to run like these three down linemen sets sometimes, and mm-hmm. that's not. I don't think that's what this was. I think it was just like a pure just like uh, like change zone, of pace. zone blitz kind yeah. of deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much I want him dropping into coverage, but, uh, interesting that he, that he did make a big hit <laughs> in pass coverage on a tight end. Um, Michael Jaquette not making this team, you know, uh, at one point was the, like, so the Eagles final practice, basically we saw, uh, in spring drills before they signed Steve Nelson, Michael Jaquette was like CB2. And even mm-hmm. when Darius Slay was sitting earlier in camp, like getting rest, and like Jaquette was the first guy up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Michael Jaquette not going to make the team. Uh, getting burned a little too much. Although he did, he did have, have a fumble today, the peanut punch, Jimmy. <laughs> and I want to point that out or highlight that really quickly because the Eagles have been emphasizing that. I feel like more than ever. Like mm-hmm. really early in camp, we saw that. We got a lot of guys were like trying to strip the ball like excessively long sometimes, like after the play. But I think there's like a real emphasis on that, and I think practicing that kind of paid off in this case. Where like that was. I know that sounds simple, but like it was in Jaquette's head to like make sure to go after the ball, even after he makes a catch. Don't just give up. Like try to make him play on the ball. And he did. So to his credit, like to see that, maybe not so much like helping him at this point, but it's just a, a good uh, team note to see. So that's all I had, except for Flacco, uh, Jimmy, which I want you to talk about because you called it one of the best throws of camp. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Flacco had a really nice drop in the bucket throw. Uh, to uh, Andre, Andre Patton. Patton, Andre Patton, uh, perfect, like perfect, like loft touch, and 
placement. Like just a great throw by him. Uh, credit where it's due. Real quick though, back on the uh, forced fumble point, like mm-hmm. um, Malcolm Jenkins when he was still on the team, and Brian, and when Brian Dawkins was sort of uh, an like an unofficial sort of assistant coach uh, for the linebackers and safeties, uh, Malcolm Jenkins really credited. Um, like when he was asked, like, you know, what, what's, what's, you know, what are some things that Dawkins has brought to your game that, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't have before, or like, or that you just improved. And he pointed to that specifically, like punching the ball out, like even as you're making tackles and uh, his forced fumble numbers, which I don't have in front of me right now, but like they went up substantially. Like he had some big forced fumble numbers in, in his, you know, later years uh, in Philadelphia. So it does make a difference. Like when you do, uh, teach that quite a bit and you make it a point of emphasis like you can start to force a lot more fumbles and you know you just look at the eagles takeaways in 2020 i know they're very low again not right in front of me but like their takeaways were were not good and obviously in 2017 they were like their point of or their their turnover point differential was like outstanding so if they can force more fumbles uh, in, in you know this season, that's you know another way that that they can sort of overcome sort of their you know lack of talent in comparison to some of their opponents they're going to have this year. So yeah, I think that they're focusing on on some of the right things there. Uh, why don't oh do you have any final observations to me before we get to our MVPs LVPs play of the day? Yeah, uh, Aaron Sipos. Is it Sipos? Mm. Sipos. How are you pronouncing it? Is it Sipos? Okay, I've seen the pronunciation guide say Sipos. Okay. Uh, he punted today, and I have been underwhelmed, I guess, to some degree with uh, some of his hang time, you know, the hang time on some of his punts throughout camp. But he hit a couple of bombs today. So he had uh, two punts today. They're identical, actually. They're both 5.33 seconds, which uh, is outstanding, frankly. Like Donnie Jones you know, used to say like, if you get over five, that's good. If you like, if you're at like five, one, five, two, that's really good. 5.33 is awesome. Like, I mean, they, they like he hit legit bombs, uh, two of, two of his six punts today. So, uh, encourage, I mean, nobody really cares about the punter, but <laughs> I do. Uh, so I, I, I liked seeing, uh, those long, those big high, those big, uh, hang times at a, at a sip boss today. I've been a sip boss guy ever since he was signed. Mm-hmm. I believe Jimmy. Uh, so no surprise to me. Your Jack um, Fox or your Jack Fox? Yes. Your yep. Jack Fox analysis was top notch, my mm-hmm. friend. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so why don't we get into our MVPs, LVPs, play plays of the day? Jimmy, why don't you start off with an MVP? Because I want to know who you picked. We haven't uh, named either. Neither of us have named this guy the MVP mm-hmm. yet, and uh, I think uh, Jalen Hurts deserves okay. uh, some some uh, some props today for. The sharp way that he ran the offense, uh, specifically in 11 on 11s when, by the way, like during practice today, I'll just note quickly, like they were on split fields for the better part of the day um, where like we were all, I was up on the steps. I was trying to watch like three different fields at one time uh, during certain portions of the practice. And even like during some 11 on 11s, they had them going on two different fields, like the Eagles offense against the Patriots defense and vice versa. But I thought he really stood out in the portion of practice where they just had it on one field, like the end of the day, the one field, like, uh, and the entire team for both teams watching that practice. Like I thought that was his best session of the day when, I mean, it's still practice. So the pressure isn't high, but you know, it was sort of like the money part of the practice. And that's, that's when he had sort of his 
uh, best performance today. So yeah, we haven't mentioned him as, as an MVP of the day yet. We're in practice 13 today. I thought he was uh, sort of deserving of that. That's who I had written down as well before he even said (laughs) it. So that's my MVP as well. It cancels out his two LVP points. And so I'm going to make a table when the training camp is done, Jimmy, kind of like you have the stock down, stock up thing. I'm going to think, I don't know if I'm going to combine it all and do net scoring or just do the tables separately. Maybe I'll do both and kind of show everyone just kind of, I think it'll be kind of fun to see where that looks at the end of camp. Um, So this cancels them out and puts them at a a zero for now. Mm. Uh, who is your LVP of camp? Andrew Adams. For Andrew his, Adams. His two, I mean, is that like, so if, you, if a guy like drops an interception, you kind of go, okay, well, he was in the right spot. Like at least he made a, at least he made a, you know, pass breakup. I mean, these are mm-hmm. two gift yes. interception opportunities. From a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And, and he just dropped them both. You can't do that. Like if you have opportunities to take the ball away, you can't piss away those opportunities. And that's what he did today. Yeah, they're really bad. Like, again, I call them like arm punts. Like, they were clear chances to just, like, it wasn't even like he was running away from the ball, you know, like kind of tra- like trailing the receiver. Like, he was staring at the ball. It was like fielding a punt, yeah. and he, yeah. he didn't make them. So that's that's pretty bad. I also have someone who dropped the ball twice, but it's not Andrew Adams to me. I have to put Tyree Jackson down here as okay. my LVP. He had two really bad drops. He's one along the sideline from Flacco and another one over the middle. We've talked about how his hands have been really good in yep. camp, but they weren't today. So I have to give him the LVP. Okay. And I just didn't really see him make an impact as much as he has in camp. So I think, you know, he used to still make the team. Uh, this isn't like impacting the big picture, but it wasn't his best day. And it could kind of be a reality check in terms of like, you know, not a polished product, which he shouldn't be considering, uh, you know, his transformation to this point, but kind of just like pump the brakes kind of day a little bit on Tyree Jackson, who again, I like, but you know, maybe not right there just yet. The Eagles, uh, uh, content staff had a big thing on, I think uh, they, I don't know. They, they're, they're hyping up Tyree Jackson. I don't, I don't know if it was last night or this morning. I just happened to see it, uh, this morning, I think, um, which says to me, that the content team got the go ahead, the thumbs up uh, from the, okay, you want to write about him finally? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. going to make the team. Go right ahead. <laughs> so yeah. like that, that's that's kind of what I took away from that. N- knowing, Good point. knowing the team like I think I do. Well, yeah, they inter- I remember the Spadero interviewed him recently. So yeah, okay. you know, yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's uh, a good sign for Tyree Jackson. Um, I was considering putting Cam Newton down for my LVP, but because <laughs> okay. uh, he really deserved it. Because I, I again, I just don't see it there. But uh, good luck with. It. So, quick tangent. I do want to take uh, like maybe thirty seconds to stop down this because everyone was like, "Oh, the Patriots are going to be back this year because they made all these free agent signings and everything." And I'm like, "Yeah, they don't no, look good. They don't, they're not. They don't, they don't look good." Because like, and I, I again, I think the Eagles deserve credit both on offense and defense for looking good. But I also think part of it is the Patriots are like. They're not like the Patriots of old, obviously. You know, Tom Brady's not there. But even even so, like, I just don't think this is like a great team at all. Not a very impressive team to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, are there receivers better than the Eagles receivers? No, I don't think so either. It's like one. It's like a very rare team that you can say that about. And then they, I don't think they have a quarterback. Yeah, which is a big problem. Defense and, might yeah, be who, good, but like you know, it's not enough. Receivers wise. Um, I didn't see anything out of Kendrick Bourne, really. Uh, Aguilar, again, didn't do anything, really, of note against the starters. Yeah, not great. Harry Myers had an okay day, but... Uh, he, but but he's, he was working against backups, too. And he's kind of proven already that, like, he's, you know, he's a, he's a, like a real game disappointment. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, like, enough of that. I don't, I don't like their squad at all. No, not really feeling bullish on the Pats. No. Um, what was your play of the day, Jimmy? So my play of the day would be the aforementioned uh, Patriots red zone hurry up play where uh, Javon Hargrave oh, wow. got quick sack uh, and then they played on and uh, instead um, who it was was it Mac Jones or Cam Newton in that? That was Mac Jones. No, uh, it was Cam Newton. It was Cam. Cam threw the pick to uh, again. I thought it was Anthony Harris, which was wrong. Uh, nope. it, Eric Wilson uh, made the pick. So the Eagles actually had like two uh, highlight plays in one with the sack and then the interception uh, on the back end. So that, that was my play of the day. And it was like during like a, like a, uh, a high intensity portion of practice. It wasn't just some right. one off random play. Like it was at the end of practice. Crunch time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was calling it earlier. Um, I'm surprised. I thought you did. I thought you were going to go with the flag. I had it written down on my sheet that you're going to go with the flag. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, so I almost want to do that because you didn't say it, but I'm going to have to stick with my gut. And I had written down here the Hargrave thing. Cause I just thought that was really impressive. And I thought, uh, it was kind of interesting too. Um, and cause like a lot of people sometimes, and I, I could be just as guilty as, of this as anyone look at like the result of a play and like, wow, that was a good interception by Eric Wilson. I, mean, I don't really think so. I mean, he was in position, so that's fine. But it was kind of thrown right at him. Like, what made that play was Javon Hargrave. Yeah, and I just yeah, remember yeah. seeing everyone tweet out like what happened from that play, and I didn't see many people like say like Javon Hargrave created <laughs> right. that interception. So I, I uh, you know, just want to give him the credit there. And I agree with everything you said about him earlier. Definitely criticized that signing in the past, but it wasn't about the player. It was about the resources, whatever. Um, uh, Jimmy, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this podcast up? Uh, I don't. I uh, I'm looking forward to. Do you think they'll be in pads tomorrow? By the way, I'm guessing probably no. Um, I guess not based on what they've done in the past, right? Like, isn't it usually like a pad day and then not? It seems. I mean, normally, like you would have a an unpadded day, and then you have the day off, and then or a walkthrough rather, and then the game. So yeah, they probably won't have a very physical practice. It was the longest practice. Uh, by yeah. far of camp today, of course, since they had another team in there today. Like Belichick wasn't going to be like, "Hey, you only want to go an hour and fifteen minutes? Okay, <laughs> sounds good to me, Nick. Let's do it." Uh, so yeah. they actually had like, uh, did they go over two hours today? Like a little, <laughs> just a little bit over two hours, I think. Right. So it still wasn't that long, but uh, longest one of camp so far. But uh, anything else to add for me? No, I'm good. What do you got? I will caution that I remember the Eagles looking good, I believe, in their first day of practice against the Ravens uh, back in 2019 when they practiced with them. And then the next day, the Ravens came out and just, like, smoked the Eagles that next day. So, you know, it's a one practice. Take it for what it's worth. Now, I do think, you know, I feel better about those Ravens than I do these Patriots. So I could very well see the Eagles dominate again. But, you know, point being, it's one practice. Take it for what it's worth. Um, Other things... Yeah, so we have the practice tomorrow at 10 a.m. like we did today. We'll have our notes, uh, me at BleedingGreenNation.com, Jimmy Kemsky at PhillyVoice.com. In addition to our podcast recap tomorrow, then the Eagles have a walkthrough, which is closed to access on Wednesday, and then they play the game at the link against the Patriots on Thursday. So that's a little bit of the upcoming schedule here. Uh, my One of my final thoughts, Jimmy, I want to give a shout-out to a special someone that is – a dog, Jimmy. I want to give oh, a shout Rube out again? to my good friend. Huh? Rube again? No, Rube just left. Oh. Shout out to James Seltzer. Um, picked up Rube. But uh, I'm friends with Holden and Elizabeth, Jimmy, my friends, who have a dog on Instagram with over 
3K followers. <laughs> this is a, this dog is a big deal, Jimmy. His uh, at is Risk It All Paul. So he's also on Cameo. Paul is a big deal, Jimmy. So you got to check it out. Cameo too. Yeah, he's he's famous. How he's much, a famous how much dog. Is his cameo price. I think it's like fifteen. It's like three times my cost. So, but it's it's three times better than mine, at least. So check out at Risk It All Paul, or you Paul, can say Risk P A W. P A U L Paul, like, like okay. a person's name. Yeah, Got Paul. Uh, so risk it all, Paul on Instagram. Check him out. Really good follow. A lot of fun stuff there. Uh, shout out to Holden and Elizabeth who listened to BGN Radio newly. Okay. So that's awesome. Hello, friends. Uh, hopefully they're listening to this episode. Maybe they're not. We'll see. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've been getting. We have to get into some of the uh, iTunes questions. If we've been missing any of those, we'll get to those. So leave a rating and review. We'll get to it. Five stars, obviously. Um, more Legally obligated to answer any five-star question. Correct. Yes. Any question. Any kind of question at all. So, uh, Jimmy, you can follow on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Me, you can follow on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow me on Instagram at Brandon Gowton as well. I don't think Jimmy does Instagram. I do. I have like three okay. posts ever and uh, a very That's lame good. following on Instagram. Yes. Very cool. Uh, check out Bleeding Green Nation on Instagram as well, too. Bleeding Green Insta. That's the handle there. Uh, so, again, bleedinggreennation.com is where you find my work. Jimmy Kemsky can be found at phillywist.com. And Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can find that at righteousfelon.com. And you can find Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Does he have a website, too? Uh, I believe it's roachrealtors.com. Wow. She definitely has a website. Let me see. What a good boyfriend. I helped <laughs> her don't... set it up. Yeah, and you don't even know the URL. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. As we're waiting for Jimmy mm. to find this, this people yeah, have already no. turned this off. No, 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 just hang in there. The people are tuning out, Jimmy. They can't wait for this website. It's, I think, yeah, it's roadtrailers.com. It is, is roadtrailers.com. All right, so go check out the website if you don't want to call and you want to kind of check out more information. And you can see what Kristen Before looks like on. Uh, and the, on yeah, the there you go. So for very you, fun. Uh, uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> don't finish that sentence Jimmy gonna... uh, alright <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode of BGN Radio we will be back with you tomorrow goodbye everybody BGN Radio